fain would we remain barbarians if our claim to civilization were to be based on the gruesome glory of war. Kakuzo Akakura Bending Not Breaking, Season 6, Episode 3, The Earth Queen. Welcome back to another episode of Bending Not Breaking. I'm Sunshine Mayfield. And this has been Pruitt. And we are on to episode three. Episode three. Season three. Season three. Of Korra. Of Korra. Which is called... The, the Earth, Earth Queen. Queen. She's the worst. We don't love her. We can talk about it. Yeah. The lens is what, Ben? Barbarism. I'm going to go get a haircut today, actually. That's fun. Yeah, we're talking about cutting hair today. Not cutting <laughs> hair. <laughs> Not yet. Not, Not yet. yet. Well, so uh, what is what is barbarism? It's not about cutting hair. It's not. Yeah, so barbarism is interesting, and I... We haven't really talked about the word. I was I was wondering, like, do we talk about dehumanization in this? Do we talk about... What do we talk about? Because there's a lot going on and thinking about all the things that we could have talked about. And we ended up landing on this because we haven't talked about what it means uh, and how it has been used be barbaric. In, in the history of, of this kind of, of this word. Well, it's interesting, right? Cause there's, there's a, a definition to it that I think that resonates with a lot. Extreme uh, cruelty and brutality, right? Barbaric. Yep. Then it's absence of culture and civilization is the other definition for it. Yep, which is typically dictated by those in pa- like by those in power. Yeah, or like well, the, absence of whose what culture someone what views culture? as barbaric is incredibly relative based off of who you are and, and what happens, right? Um, and I think that's where it becomes dangerous too, is to think about the history of how this word has been used. Yeah, matters. Yeah, right. Because if you just go by definition. You're missing the history of how this word has been used. And, I, it, you know, it originates from the Greek barbaros. Um, and it was originally used to essentially anyone who did not speak Greek and followed classic Greek culture the customs barbarian. Was, was considered barbaric. Right. Um, and, you know, barbara is like it was considered babbling or they like they, they you couldn't understand them because they were speaking a different language. So mm-hmm. they were babbling. Um, it's this similar uh, root word in Sanskrit. Right. And so to like ba, 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 ba is what was considered, you know, barbaric. Right. Um, and then it was adapted by the Romans when they became powerful to to kind of anyone who wasn't roman was considered a barbarian mm-hmm. and again just as you said it was always used by these people in in, in power right and I, I think what makes it really scary is its use in the united states when you know european culture comes and takes over the new world and the quote new world and is calling Native Americans barbarians and savages. Right. Any right? type of colonialism has led to this. To right? this use like, of this, this word. word. And, it, and really it comes from a place of 
I'm going to dehumanize. Exactly. So that I don't feel guilt yep. when we do bad things to these people. Precisely. Yep. Um, and there's so many articles that we could recommend for people who are looking for information on that. But um, And we and, might. Who knows? There might be another article <laughs> or blog post that we post with those links and references. Yeah. Follow um, us. But All the things. But yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Um, and so what you'll see is how, how does it get utilized? What creates a what is barbaric and, and we'll talk more about that as we go through the episode. But there I'm already thinking of there are moments that I would say the Earth Queen we hear use terms like barbaric or yep. barbarians. I would say that there are things we see the Dai Li do or that the Earth Queen does that I would say that is barbaric. Yeah. Right. And so and that context is gonna be important. The word is so loaded for me that I don't use it. I don't feel comfortable using the word even because I know the history of it and I don't want to be in a position where <laughs> where I am using something in in that kind of way that is cuz anytime it's being used there's almost something missing. Right. Right? And I just I really feel nervous about language that has such a deep-seated history in colonialism and not good (laughs) it's just not good so with that in mind uh there's a lot in this episode to consider so i'm I'm kind of excited to tap into it well so yeah and let's dive right in so one of the first things we see is the is the whoa 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 oh yeah you you have a recap i have a responsibility thank you to this podcast yes you do and to our listeners yes to make sure that everyone is reminded of what happens in the episode you've got 30 seconds on the clock and away we go so team avatar is like inbossing say woohoo and then Korra's like oh my god earth queen and then others notice that kai goes missing because he sees gold and then you know mako and bolin are like let's go find him and then they track him down but you know he escapes and it's like oh they get into the lower ring and then you know they eventually run into Halfway the family there. and there's a food cart a fruit cart and there's like rotten fruit and then Korra and asami are like oh my goodness we should go collect taxes for the queen because the queen's jerk and queen's mean and then the avatar brings Five her seconds. money and brushes off the airbenders kai's arrested and the air- queen has an airbending army done yeah well done it was fine well done you got you got you did it in the amount of time that's step one it is it is all right you wanted to dive in where are you going the immediate first thing that comes to mind is when they are flying over the the one of the outer circles of bossing say the the stink the stench the the poverty changes immediately um this idea that this is uncivilized right this is an uncivilized culture that is here. It's stinky. It's gross. We don't want to be there. And then we see them move to the upper ring. They're like, ooh, how fancy. This is nice. And you could easily hear someone from the upper ring say, oh, I don't, the, the barbarians in the lower ring, they live such a, a terrible lifestyle. And so it begs to be like, what is, what dictates culture? What dictates civilization? And is it people are choosing to live a certain way? Are they forced to live a certain way? Yep. Right, so these are things that we see how they get treated when when Bolin and Mako get stuck on the train. Um, they're shoved, they're moved. You're not allowed to be on, like, how dare you? You need a passport to come up to to the back to the upper rings. I, I don't know who you are, right? Like, and that's exactly. Isn't it interesting that to go from an upper ring to a lower ring, you don't need a ticket, you don't need a passport, you don't need anything, right? But to go back to the upper ring, you got to have a passport. You got to have ticket, a ticket, right? Mm-hmm. So the rich get richer because they don't have to spend money to get to places, but Correct. the lower ring does. Yep. And I would hazard 
a chance. And again, I don't like using it, but if I were to use the word barbaric, I would say that's kind of barbaric. <laughs> it's cruel, right? right? And, and so I think that's a lot of times people assume that, oh, they're living that way because they are choosing to live that way and not because of the systems that are in place that are forcing people to live that way. Exactly. Yeah. And so I don't think you talk about civilization and what is culture and civilization without having to talk about the classism that exists in those moments. Yeah. And in any situation when there is such a wealth gap as there is here right between this upper ring and the lower ring and it's like by necessity you'll you you notice that the the lower ring is also the biggest ring right it has the most populace then it has the middle ring it necessarily gets smaller because it's inside yep. of that ring and then the you know the upper the, ring the palace which the is palace. arguably like the queen and her servants yeah is the most decadent and it's just when you create a gap with barriers like that with physical barriers that's that's a problem and it's no wonder that there is a cultural difference between those various levels correct right yeah yikes big yikes and we and you know it's one of those things where we'll we'll say things uh suffering's not comparable right and so i think what i'm about to say is you know the whole concept of first world problems is not necessarily a thing that like sometimes you have things that exist, even though you're privileged that are a bummer. Right. And yeah, you don't have to not feel like they're a bummer because other people are going through worse things yeah. and you still need to be cognizant of those things. You are allowed to be sad. Yes. You are allowed to complain, but you need to do so with perspective. Correct. And <laughs> so, uh, the queen just, absolutely being upset about her topiaries and firing people and who I assume is a, probably a gardener who lives in one of the lower rings. If I had to guess, um, certainly does not live in her ring. Yeah. Um, and so do you have to deal with this, this with your this servants time and effort and money that is being put into these types of things when you've got a whole population of people living in squalor eating rotten fruit, because mm-hmm. that is the best they can get at a time like this. Yeah, that's an issue. It is. It is an issue. One even might say that it's barbaric. barbaric yeah. Right? Like to use the cruel and unusual punishment. Yeah, I don't think you can talk about this without talking about class and class structure. Yeah, and I, I think that's that's true. Right? You hear the queen say, barbarians are trying to take my gold yes right we hear you use the word barbarians and is it are are they violent and uncultured or is that a thing that they've had to do to be able to survive based off of the systems that are in place and you know can it be both yeah right and <laughs> i i think that anytime we hear someone use the the phrase barbarian or use a similar phrase similar words any sort of dehumanization what we need to think about is okay who benefits from using this language right who is gaining from seeing this group of people as less than right and that's that's always has to be a question when dehumanization is on the line who gains when this group of people is less than and it's not great it's not great it's never good it's never a good answer (laughs) because we don't want anyone to gain when somebody else becomes less than right right um so that's just just terrifying and i and i think it's really 
this is a really beautiful commentary on real life, frankly, uh, because the Earth Queen is calling these people barbarians, and you know they come in, they fight, they're taking on Korra, and you know as they escape, they're yelling, "You're on the wrong side. This gold belongs to the people." And Korra is like, "Why do I get the feeling that they're right?" Which I love that she pins that so quickly like yeah. i think you're i think they're probably right yeah i mean all it took was that one interaction with the earth queen to to have that suspicion and frankly perhaps uh the evidence that surrounds her like when she arrives in this like town it is looks like a deserted desert town people are hiding yeah they're going inside yeah and it's it seems like this they are suffering from a lack there's no opulence here right compared to being surrounded by opulence like i i think the way that they animated and drew the earth queen here is is really telling because when we saw the earth king in avatar the last airbender there was sure there was opulence but there was not nearly the uh focus on self and jewelry and all these things that we see that the earth queen wears that are signs of opulence. Like mm-hmm. the, the things she's wearing on her pinky and her ring fingers are signs of royalty. And those long, like pinky extender, gold pinky extenders. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like those things are what royalty wear in uh, some Western uh, cultures. And right. so it's just a different focus on self and on money that we see the earth queen have that has been different from what we've seen her predecessor and she wants more right exactly yeah yeah and it's like some people want enough and some people the earth queen wants more more that she's already got more than she possibly could have well and there's been problems with earth kingdom leadership in both (laughs) uh series right where But I think the intention for the Earth King was was good. He was just being tricked and was gullible. Very nice. Right? Yeah. And just being controlled. Whereas it seems like the Earth Queen is Knows now very much exactly what's going on. who she's in control and it's her. Yep. And the Daily are a part of that as well again. Exactly. Yep. Except this time they're tools rather than the ones who are pulling in charge the strings. And pulling the yeah. strings. But yeah, I, I, I just I really struggle with this when this person who is resentful of the fact that she had to relinquish land to Republic City when she already has the most land of out of any other nation is I'm like huh like let's talk more about this and why we feel this way um but yeah I I, there's just a if I were to call anyone barbaric in this episode it would it would be the Earth Queen right but Well, it's interesting how power plays into that perception of who deserves and who doesn't deserve, right? We hear a comment when we see Desna and Eska. Yes. Here is a private prison that you didn't know about. We know they're in power. I want to throw my tailor in here. I want to throw my tailor in here. My cuffs are all crinkly. Yeah. (laughs) Which It's just one of those things where it's like, clearly, and, and, you know, I think clearly in that moment, I don't know if it's meant to be a joke. Um, or is meant to be just a side comment. And they probably wouldn't. I'm going to assume they maybe wouldn't throw their tailor in that prison. <laughs> I but think it, it was a joke. It is. I agree. And. That's a scary joke. It's Well, it's one where it's like, that's a joke from power. 
Yeah. Uh, that is a place of power and what you are viewing as necessary um, in your life or what deems to be have your humanity stripped from you and thrown into prison is a very low bar for a person in power. Yeah. Is what it feels like in this moment. Not what I want from the people who are Leading. in charge. Yep. Right? Not at all. Mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. What else? I So we talked a little bit about this last episode, but thinking about, we talked about the intentionality of these prisons. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk about whether they're barbaric or not. Sure. So, plea for 13 years yep. has been in a place that has been so cold that she can't firebend. Yeah. Let's talk about what it means to be too cold to firebend. Zuko in season one was swimming in ice water and in the North able Pole to create fire. and was able to create fire and, and firebend. Oh my goodness. <laughs> like for 13 years has been this cold. You got to tell me. You can't tell me that's not barbaric. Right? Like, right. That, isn't it? Like, yeah. t- like I, I just, I, at what point is that cruel and unusual punishment? And, I don't, like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, it's... And I guess we don't know. There's certain things that we don't know about this world, right? Because we see a lot of people get hit by things and get back up. We see a lot of people, yeah, like, that's fair. get smacked with boulders and, and have, you know, survive. and survive. <laughs> and so, um, you know, so what is the of a bender who is incredibly powerful? Is she able to keep herself warm? But that means and all her, but all, all her, her energy, energy is to that, that and can't go to anything else, right? So, um, but yeah, I would say most prisons that we are familiar with outside of the Avatar verse uh, aren't are are indeed very barbaric, right? Yes. Um, and so, is, can we make that same assumption about prisons in? Yeah. When we see another prison that I would argue is barbaric in this show, mm-hmm. keeping a bunch of people laying on the floor, sitting on a floor in a stone room. Yep. Um, Kai gets tossed that have been right there in. for over for weeks. We know that weeks have gone by yeah. where people have been captured. Barbaric. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the the fire uh, the Earth Kingdom Airbender Army. First Airbending Regiment. Yeah, I just I really struggle with this. There's there's a lot that we are kind of in, in I guess what I'm struggling with is my reverse wanting to call it barbaric when uh I don't know that I love using that word, right? Like we know that it's dehumanizing to throw people into a cage to call someone barbaric, to, right? And let's I mean I think what it is is it's it's use of uh, in treating people as tool rather than as people. human yeah. as you know and i think that's what capitalism does turns you into a machine right i think that's what a lot of our systems do is it re- re- it changes people into tools and things that do rather than live and i think the earth queen sees her subjects as tools in her like puppeteering of right. the earth kingdom yeah and i it's just like that is super not okay and i want to call it barbaric right because it's cruel and at the same time i'm 
just because of the nature of the word, I'm like, how do I shift my language to say that this is not okay? This is cruel. It's cruel. Right. It's dehumanizing. It's all of these things without having the history of barbaric uh, than all of the historical context. That comes with it. Yeah. I think that is, uh, you know, when we talk about intention from last episode, the intentionality behind the language that we use is incredibly important. Mm -hmm. And so when you say something... What are you truly saying behind those words? So words that have come with a, a slew of context and, and contextual history around them, you have to use those words wisely. It's uh, one of the things that's most common, and I feel like I still hear arguments around it, is uh, the B word, right? You know? Yeah. Um, in the context around it, people are like, well, no, I'm joking with my friends, or no, it's okay to say this, or no. you know, That is a word I don't feel comfortable using. Yep. Because I understand the contextual context around contextual context. That was silly. Um, <laughs> but understanding that, oh, the history of 97 percent yeah. of uh, domestic abuse survivors claim that that was a word that was being yelled at them while being abused consistently. And I'm pretty sure there was a statistic that that was this is the last word I heard before I was knocked out. Right. And so when you place it, th these are words that are used so heavily in that type of abuse. It doesn't like, feel, I don't want to, I don't want to use it. I don't want to be affiliated. It, I don't that. feel like it's my place to use the word that does that. Right. Yeah. Um, or any other racial slur that you Correct. hear regularly. And so when we say words and when you hear people like politicians use words like thug bar, uh, barbarian, you know, gang it is a, it is a loaded term yep to get after what they're really trying to say is poor people yeah who live in poor neighborhoods yep who you know oh you, that that place is being looted by thugs right it is very intentional to dehumanize to 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 put yeah. distance between um and it's a it's a loaded term and so be hesitant when you hear those things but yeah it does make me when we use the language we use, we need to be very intentional. And yeah. it's also why I very much lean. You get a lot of online trolls, people, when we make comments or post about things. We're like, yeah, we're we can use this word. I can use that word. You know, this is this doesn't matter. No, words do matter. You yep. know, sticks and stones is a not that's not really relevant. Words break hurt and cause there's harm. A, there's a lot of data nowadays that talks about how the how the language hurt. we use is <laughs> like, very important. Language matters. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is no longer uh <laughs> So anytime you see someone use language like barbarian, thug, anything else, like that should be a flag that pops up in your head and says, are they using this to dehumanize and distance people? And the answer is overwhelmingly amount of time going to be, yes, that's exactly yeah. what's happening. Yeah. So, and we see the queen do it. Those barbarians are stealing my money. Yeah. When again, like I think that Cora realizes this and even calls her out at the end, saying, "You've been extorting your own people." And again, Cora is a quick learner, but I wish it would have been faster. Yeah. And I think one of the things that I struggle with is Cora's willingness to play the game if it was going to benefit her. Right. Right. Cora goes into this saying, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna listen to the Earth Queen. I'm gonna play her game because in the end, it will benefit me." Right. And that's dangerous, right? Because when people go into that saying, okay, let's just, let's play status quo and let's, let's give her what she wants and let's keep the status quo as long as I can get what I need. When we see politicians do that, I can't, exactly. I can't 
produce the change I want to see unless I'm in office and I won't be in office unless I take money from the NRA. So I'm going to take money from the NRA. Yep. Right. We see those things happen. Um, and sometimes it might just be people want to take money from the NRA. Right. So, Mm -hmm. um, but if you have to live outside of your value system in order to keep power, or could you have the ability to just change as many things as possible for the better in the moment and hope that that keeps you, you know, but politicians are one of those weird positions where it's like people who the best ones are ones who necessarily don't want to be a politician right? versus those who are like, I want to do this as a career. And you're like, "Mm." so, but maybe that's an assumption for me. I mean, in an ideal world, I would love somebody who wanted to be a politician for the right reasons. And I want to be in this position forever so that I can always make sure that the people's, thoughts and minds if that means i'm not here then so be it right but that's not how it goes <laughs> right so yeah other moments of barbarism that you might want to lift up or talk about i mean i feel like i i feel like these were more depth rather than breadth in terms of what's going on in this episode i mean there's there's a lot of things we didn't talk about that don't necessarily fit into the concept i mean we spend a lot of time in the lower ring with Mako and Bolin's family. And... Which is what a lovely, what a lovely moment, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know that I see lack of barbarism, perhaps. Maybe I see that. And like there's a, a unity in this family of, there's, and it, quite frankly, a large extended family that is all present here. And it's interesting considering when you when you think about Mako and Bolin and Republic City where the system that they were in there's a lot less you know cohesion among people right there they were more vulnerable to the elements <laughs> uh, in Republic City than they would have been if they had been in the lower ring because they would have been surrounded by family right. right so I think almost I wonder if community and family is a response to the culture that they are in. When we right? think that barbarism is a lack of civility that is determined yeah, by other sure. people, you know, what was, what there was more culture and civility in that household of a family sharing memories and, yeah. um, being together and talking about life and what a beautiful moment. And I think that's what happens when, when a group of people is, when someone's dehumanized to the extent, Oh, everyone down there is living in squalor. They're barbarians down there. It takes away the humanity that is very present. It's barbaric to have that many people in that many in that small of a house, right? But in which they are likely doing through necessity, based yeah. off of the systems that are there, and so. But they're taking care of one another, and everybody has food to eat, and yep. yeah, it's just, it's really interesting to to kind of see if you are being treated in a barbaric way. What is your response? And I think this is what we see as a response, right? This is the barbaric community. system that they're in. And the yeah. response is community. The no. response is attention and care for family and for loved ones. And so if that acts as the opposite of this this idea that we have yeah. of it, how do we how do we grow that? Yeah, humanizing the least of these. How do we grow right? that and continually work to grow that in the where we live and be a part of that and let other people lead? And I think that's probably the another takeaway when we're talking about politicians is 
you know, someone who's able to step down and say, I'm not the best leader in this moment, and I'm not the person who needs to be making decisions in this moment. How do we share that as we grow a community? Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I, I really do. The The willingness that Mako has to share and give away his scarf is yeah. huge. That's that's we we know how big that is for Mako from even the first season when they try to like redress him and yeah that's important and so to be there and to be in that moment is really cool to see agreed well, oh man and i guess a really small moment that's just kind of piggybacking off of the end of that is when grandma when you know they bring up airbenders and everybody's like oh wait this is not good the daily and then Bolin's like, yeah, I don't know if I like her. And then she's like, no, long live the Earth Queen forever. May she live forever. Or um, I, I just think that when she stands up and kind of like bows to the this shrine of the Earth Queen is really interesting to consider when how like propaganda, how um, perpetuating the systems often lead to, you know, worship of people who are in power and and i wonder what that i wonder if that's a a learned behavior of i've seen people disrespect things like this pictures and seen them get in trouble so i'm i'm gonna have one in my house and we're gonna respect it every day for fear or is it oh no this is this is good and this is tradition and we did this when i was a child and so we're keeping on to that yeah or you know is it there's a lot of things that could play into it well and i wonder how many people are living in the center circles of bossing say and saying well i'm not in the lower circle so things are pretty good for me and so i'm going to keep the earth queen's great yeah i'm gonna i'm I'm doing great i'm doing better i'm doing much better than them and so i'm gonna fight for this thing yeah even though oh maybe uh, you know uh, one day i'm gonna live in the palace is not a thing that probably someone can do and and this type of but that want to be up in that in the top tier circle is keeping them from challenging any of the systems that are in place, recognizing life for everyone could be better. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and a lot of those systems get put in intentionally, and I think that's the thing. The yep. walls have to be in- they intentionally built walls that were there and um, separated people by these ways. And as you mentioned early on, you know, is that is that barbaric to be able to, to separate people that way and say, you're not yeah. good enough to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, and that seems tough. like it was an intentional move. Oh, Look at us so. connecting intentionality and barbarism. The episodes they're they're, they're so intertwined. It's like they're a part of the same television series. <laughs> I am. Um, yeah. Future episodes. will we'll see what happens to the earth queen. Uh Oh, who knows? Could Who be. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Anything else that you want to tap into before we jump to our break? I think I'm good. All right. We'll be right back after this quick little musical interlude. Thank you. 
And we are jumping straight into Tweez and Laws, our pushes and pulls. Yeah. What yeah. pushed you away in this episode, Ben? The Earth Queen. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> like like ev- everything about everything the Earth Queen. Everything the Earth Queen does. Uh, yeah, I mean... Uh, she just boldface lies to Cora. Yeah. To get what she wants. No airbenders here. Yeah, like, there's no airbenders in Bossing Say, which I think was very intentionally written the as the, there's no war in Bossing yeah. Say, right? Sure, but like it's just this the audacity of this woman is is just really trash it's trash <laughs> like, yeah, it's, I think for me like, that's just i hate it she's she's a push for me and i think it's because of a reminder of leadership who is in it for themselves or to in it to stay in power yeah. or to, for what it does for them as opposed to what it does for others and i i think that's too real and so that is a moment for me where it's just it's like oh that is frustrating how accurate that is and i think what we don't quite see how much of a wealth gap there is in the last airbender but it is they make it evident in in this series and i'm not sure if that's partially because of the earth queen and the earth queen is like i wonder if there's greed there that it's like and again we are clearly biased against the earth queen in the in the way that the story is being told but i wonder i wonder if that is a, a well, statement what's, that's what's being... the point of having an uh, airbender army like cuz at right now who are you defending yourself right against now, the right world's world peace somewhat exists the nations the nations are, are not least, fighting yeah. yeah against each other right so um and working harmoniously and so for now um yeah so what is that like why yeah why, why do, you, do you need this why do you want this are you planning on like using them to take back republic tax, city tax collecting to, right yeah it's just like it just seems there's no in my mind, because I have not thought about it, I'm sure there's a, a, a generous reason that I could come up with. It's hard. So, anyway, this just pushes me away. Do you for think sure. they have like a Lake Lao guy to, to brainwash airbenders and. Uh, maybe. I mean, maybe. Fighting for them? Yeah. I wouldn't put it past her. What's your push? Or your what is pulling you in? Sorry. I. We didn't even talk about this very much, but I loved this fight with Asami and Korra. The animation, the choreography, the, the yeah, whole thing. Like, like it was just... one. We see how boss Asami is. Yeah, like Asami, Asami can fight. Is a better non-bending fighter than Sokka was. It feels that way right now. Yeah. Yeah, like it. Like based off what we see here, I am like she is. She could absolutely wreck Sokka. That's all I'm saying. Now, granted, she's got some mech that uh, allows her to also... Take off the glove. Yeah. She'll win. <laughs> like, like, she, she'll give Sokka a smackdown. This is my my headcanon. Like, Maybe. But no, that fight is fantastic to watch. It's such it's a, a really... Fun. It's a very Mad Max, right? Very like... A, yeah, it's just a really cool fight. It's, very, it's a, just a cool scene. And so I agree. I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, I mean, and we also end with, like, you know, Korra seeing a little bit of... We we see Cora having like a dawning like oh moment like oh <laughs> so I just that whole scene was was good good sequence good sequence um devotion yeah is that the same one for you yes yeah yeah that's for me is 
for it was the same deal. I just it's fun to watch them fight and it's fun to see that happen. But I also love the the Bolin Mako family moment. I think that that's a cool moment as yeah, well. And seeing the picture of his parents. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Um, and I like seeing how like Kai Kai has got skills. Yeah. And so seeing Kai use those skills for not the purpose that he is currently using them, um, would it's going to be interesting to see and something that I think I'm going to enjoy. Yeah. Kai's cool. I do like Kai as a character. Mm-hmm. So, devotion. Uh, devotion. Through the element of water. Water. The lens of barbarism. Water. Water sucks. It really, really sucks. Yeah, I'm going to go first. Gatorade. I'm going to go first. <laughs> um, and mine might be a little on the nose, but we've talked a lot about dehumanizing language, and I think for me it's a, just a reminder that like really need to be hyper-focused on filtering that out of my vocabulary and mm. calling it out when I hear it other places as well. Um, and so that's what it is. I, I'm thinking of filtering water, um, but I'm thinking of it more through filtering language. And so how are we catching those things and uplifting that this is not something we should be drinking? This is not something we should be yeah. putting into our bodies. What or, does that or, filter look like? I'm like, how it's so tough. Cause I, you know, it's tough to keep other people in check, but I, anytime that I think for me uh, that I hear a name for a for an individual that is not either their name or, or what they prefer to be called, but is a, as a moniker of some sort, um, just letting that be a flag again, not necessarily a red flag or, or green flag, but like that's a flag. But the that, filter that, catches that, it and, and, and decides whether, whether or not or we not. let it go through. Yeah. And so I think for me, it's especially if I hear friends, if I hear things like, Oh, we don't want to go to that side of the town. There's a lot of thugs over there, right? Look, hey, what do you mean by that? Tell us more. Tell me more what you mean by that. Um, and so, what are the what are the the titles that people are using and calling and calling those out when I hear them, and yeah. and then being very intentional to for me not to say them, or if I catch myself saying things like that, like ah, those are those idiots, right? Yep. What what did I mean by that? And that's the thing with the humanizing language is some of it is so pervasive that yeah. it, it's the norm. It is. And us I, saying idiots, I do it, idiots right? morons, things like that, which are what some would consider very low yeah. key things and have nothing wrong with them. I still want those to trigger as a, is that what I mean to say? Is yeah. that what I want to say in this moment? Is that helpful in this moment? Who is this benefiting when I use this language? Yeah. Because it's not them. I don't know if it's really me in those situations. So do I really want to call people idiots? Yeah. Morons, whatever it might be, if that's, that's really not hard. serving a purpose. It's hard. It's a hard filter it's to a, have. That is a very hard filter to have. Yeah. Mm. So I think that's mine for, for the upcoming week. What about you? Yeah. When I was thinking about this, my head went like barbarism and water went to like waterboarding and like torture. Nat- naturally, yeah. And <laughs> that's where like my head went. Uh, and I was thinking about how like water can be used for something that is truly beautiful and life-giving and it can be used that is for things that are life-taking right um and thinking about the way that we use things and again kind of going back to last week's lens of intentionality right how do i be intentional about the tools that i have to make sure that they're life-giving rather than life-taking and you know i immediately went to thoughts of like my phone and thinking about how is this meant to be used Mm -hmm. And how am I using it? Yeah. How do I want to use it versus how am I using it? Right. Because I spend hours on my phone a day and I know that it's 
taking life from me. And, and I, and I say that not in a, like, you know, vampiric way, but rather in a way of thinking about it just from a time perspective, like time is all we have. Right. And when, and when we give it to this phone, is that really how I want to be spending my one wild and precious life on looking at this tiny phone screen? And the answer is no. And I do anyway. And so thinking about how do I be very intentional about making sure that the habits that I have aren't cruel to myself. Mm -hmm. Right. And aren't, I'm not dehumanizing myself. Um, and so that's, I'm going to be more intentional about my phone this week. That's, that's where I landed. (laughs) Love that. Yeah. All right. Yikes. And then finally we're up to gratitude. The best attitude. Who are we grateful for? Hmm. I mean, I'm sure we're grateful for a lot of people, but I mean, I guess if we had to pick one, no, yeah, there's not a lot of women in this episode. I'm going to go ahead and put that that out there. Um, it's a big bummer. I uh, love to see more. And frankly, the women who we, we do see, one is the Earth Queen, who is uh, it, certainly in a Gets position. zero of my gratitude. Yeah, in a position of leadership, which is great to have women in leadership. But this is the woman that we see as a woman in leadership, and it's not ideal. So thank you. No, thank you. Um, so I guess I'm, I'm really grateful for Cora, honestly. I, I, I think that what I'm grateful for is her response and her quick learning and uh, throughout the course of this episode. Um, she sees the Earth Queen interact with her uh, servants uh, or employees, however we want to call them, and it's not ideal. Cora sees that and is like, fine, I'll go get your money. I need just because I want your cooperation. Sees and listens to these people rather than taking the Earth Queen at her word. And, you know, believing that they're bugs and barbarians. Instead, she's like, man, I, man, they're probably right. And it's actually able to listen to them and then goes back and changes her mind about the Earth Queen, especially when the Earth Queen lies to her face. And so I just, I'm grateful for Cora. I mean, I'm always grateful for Cora, frankly. Yeah. But that's why I'm grateful this episode. How about you? I think I'm going to go with Tonrock and Lord Zuko. Ooh. I think they are being proactive. I think they are doing something that maybe um, they were not initially called to do, but they see a need and they're going to do that. And I, yeah. um, I just I, I appreciate that their willingness to do that or willingness to like to support in this way. And um, so it'll be interesting to see how it all turns out. But I think I'm appreciative of, of them. So we don't get to spend much time with them, but um, I love it. It'd be really interesting to see like a novel about Lord Zuko in the, in yeah. the 50 years that we're, I think Avatar Studios is planning a movie about Zuko. That's in the rumor mill Interesting um, is a, a Zuko movie. Well, cause we haven't heard mill. any, we haven't heard much after the initial re- announcements around like, Oh, Avatar Studios is going to put out a movie. Yeah. Um, and we know there's books, right? So we have the dawn of uh, Yang Chen coming out. Very exciting. Yeah, and so we those are great. FCE does a great job uh, writing these stories, and feels like that uh, they have a very good understanding of the lore, and they're very enjoyable books. I'm they excited. are. I'm excited to read that one. Um, so we'll see. But yeah, there's a lot that happens, and I, I'm excited to 
to find out where it goes. Me but too. This Me is too. an incredible season, and there's a lot of fun action sequences, and there's also some brutality that uh, we're going to see here in yeah. a little bit. So, yeah. Um, well, y'all, thank you so much for listening again today and, and, and investing in this with your time and energy, and we hope that you're enjoying it. If you are, go ahead and, and leave a review or rate or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. It's a huge help for us. Big help, big help. Um, and also, if you're interested in having more content like this, we do live episodes. You can go on our Patreon. There's also a community online that you can join and talk more about Avatar things. And so yeah. feel free to join our Patreon if that's something that you feel called to do. For sure, for sure, for And then sure. all our social medias are BNB underscore pod. Yep. And that's all of the things, and you can check us out there as well. Ben, thank you for being here. Oh, thank you and, for and being joining here. joining this conversation. Always a pleasure. And it so, is a pleasure. Um, another episode next week. We're excited to get to it. And then more guests popping on in the future, so that's also super exciting. But yep. thank you all for letting us just hang out for the, the first few episodes of this season as our guests are more yeah. on the back end. We're going to have a lot of fun ones coming to, coming this way, so... Well, again, this is Sunshine Mayfield. Ben Pruitt. And this has been Bending Not Breaking. Thank you for listening.